Alexander Soros stared at the communication and resisted the urge to curl his hands into fists. It was admirable what Talon was doing. One could hardly argue that point. It was also going to get a substantial number of combatants killed, and Soros had learned very quickly that dragons never considered this an acceptable reason to halt a mission. Civilians, yes. Combatants, no. And not only had Talon clearly decided that, given the precise situation on Emir, civilian casualties were allowable in this case, he'd shown in the past that he was willing to act on that assessment. He wasn't going to flinch at the last second, as a commander normally would. He was actually going to do this. Soros wondered idly if the man was religious, and, if so, what he anticipated for the afterlife. He had more important things to worry about, however. He pulled the memo from the Ariane toward him, and then the memo that had been paper-clipped to it when he got in this morning. Julian had underlined key passages, made notes in the margins, and cited corroborating information from other sources. Talon claimed to have irrefutable sources, but it was Julian's word that Soros was going to go by. And while this discrepancy would normally be of little consequence, unfortunately, Soros was sure that it was Talon's word the other dragons would go by. Which meant he now had a very short window in which to act. That meant he needed to find... No time. He picked up the phone, and then thought better of the idea. There was no excuse for sloppiness and intelligence. No shortcuts, especially not now. He gave one last look at Talon's memo sighed, and left his office, closing the ornate doors gently behind him. I'm leaving for the day, he informed Julian. Yes, sir. You can reach me, if you need to. Of course, Julian smiled at him. If I need to. The training range was a thing of beauty, an obstacle course designed to flip itself into different configurations, each time Enemies appearing at random intervals, objectives defined on a rotating basis. Clear the course, kill one specific enemy, simply make it to the end. One could see the course in advance to plan a strategy, or have the course obscured until the timer started. The option Terra almost always chose. Planning was a useful skill, but combat couldn't be planned. You were adaptable, you made good choices, or you died. Now she bounced on the balls of her feet as she waited for the timer to count down. At her request, an option had been installed to use live rounds, and she had set this course on that setting. When the klaxon went and the blast doors open, she was already slightly off-center and in motion. Which was good, because one of the robotic warriors had its sights trained at about her height. Bullets shot over her head as she ducked and threw herself into a tight roll at the left edge of the room, behind a much-abused concrete barrier about two feet high. First objective, cover. Her quick scan of the room caught three backup soldiers on the right and the barrier set too close to the wall for anyone to fold themselves behind it on the left. Of course, there could be any number of other unpleasant things. Spikes, grenades, smoke bombs. But getting out of fire was the first objective. She looked around herself. Nothing else here, though it wasn't an ideal location. One thing at a time. Now that she had cover, her second objective was to assess the course. She pulled out her sidearm and closed her eyes for a moment. There was a faint disturbance in the air not pushing out into the waiting room, but sucking back into the heart of the course. Fire obstacle. Her lips curved in a smile. What else? There was a clanking noise. Something turning? Most likely turning. And the footsteps of the robotic soldier who was advancing on her. 
She heard the clank of the other three rearranging their position, and her smile broadened. Let's see what you got, motherfuckers. She waited until the first soldier loomed over the partition, and then she reached up to clamp her hand around the gun and yank. The soldier staggered off balance, robotic fingers clenching around the gun, and she slammed her own sidearm against its wrist to weaken the support. Another blow. Another. Another. She grabbed its forearm on the other hand and yanked the two apart with a twist. The robot's wrist gave way and the fingers popped open. Two guns? No waiting. She rammed the butt of the rifle into its face and pulled it back down behind the barrier with her as the other three started shooting. It fought her, stronger than a human opponent, and coldly logical, but she knew its weaknesses. She grabbed its head in both hands and twisted, hard. Like a human, it was set to die if its neck was broken. Unlike a human, she was able to wrench its head off and reprogram it to use as a makeshift grenade, which was what she was doing when the course powered off. Tara? Her father's voice. I'm here. Tara stood up, the head still in her hands and a confused frown on her face. Her father sometimes came to watch her, but he'd never interrupted course before. Hi. Hello. He came around the blast doors and paused, staring at the head. You can modify the self-destruct to use it as a grenade. She hefted it in one hand. He looked over at the other soldiers. Would you have had time? Yes. Remember, I can store code fragments in here. She raised her hand to show the implants embedded in her forearm. Ah. Well, I actually need you to leave her mission. Immediately. Tell me. Tara dropped the head and walked with him out into the antechamber. A woman named Satomi Kruger. She accepted a job to bring weapons to Emir for the warlord. I need her taken out. Tara's eyebrows rose. We finally found his arms, master? No. Though Julian assures me that if any of our agents determine who it is, I'll be the first to know. No, this is a one-off, and it needs to be taken care of quickly. I'll move as fast as I can. Tara rubbed at her forehead. Kruger. I've never heard of her. Any leads? If this needs to be done fast, I'll need something more than just a name. I could give the mission to Apollo. No! The word was reflexive. Her father sat back, a bemused arch to one eyebrow. No, Tara repeated. Her cheeks heated and she grabbed her sweatshirt off the mat angrily. Because? Because he's sloppy. She spat the words at him. He's sloppy, he's untrustworthy, and he's second rate. You have no idea who else he might be taking contracts from. Tara, I think I know enough to do background checks on assassins. She gave him a look. Do you think I don't? His voice took on a colder note. She looked away, swallowing. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw him look away as well. His jaw was set. It's not that I don't trust you. Her words were rushed. She was almost in a panic, especially when she saw a muscle in his jaw jump. It's not that I don't think you don't know your business, but I don't know why you keep him around. He isn't... He doesn't... There was a silence. You have me, Tara said finally. She looked over at him. Have I ever not come through for you? He met her eyes, and the anger went out of him. He blew out a long breath. I did not mean to impugn your skills. You know that. She looked at him. I know. But you did. The words hung in the air, unspoken. Right now, there is no room for error. If this deal goes through, it will set off a bloodbath. A backup? No. 
These matters are not always in your hands. Annoyance was creeping back into his tone. I have dragons who think they can take on the world. I do not need you doing the same. I need you to accept that things do not always go right the first time, that you are not infallible, that you will sometimes be outmatched. Tara froze for a moment. She looked down at the floor, hearing the blood beat in her ears. When do you need her taken out by? Immediately, Tara. Do you not? When? The word was raw. Just tell me when. A week? Two? What? Give me three days. If she's not dead by then, you can send Apollo as my backup for the rest of the two weeks. Deal? His eyebrows went up. He was almost smiling. Very well. Deal. But, Tara, I said if I fail... No. Come here. He held out his hands and waited until she came to place hers in them. You must know this is not personal. Yes? You must accept that. When I took this job, the Alliance had just made its opening gambit against the Warlord. There were thousands of soldiers on that carrier. Tara, this is beyond one assassin. I'm trying to do something no one else has managed. Do you understand that? Tara closed her eyes. It was bigger than her, and he had raised her better than this. On the one hand, her pride. On the other hand, all of Emir. How had she let her judgment become so clouded? Shame weighed down on her chest. He saw it. He had raised her, after all. His hands tightened. You are a good person. I... Her voice broke off, thick. You are. He reached out to touch her cheek, and when she looked up, she saw worry in his eyes. You amaze me, Tara. You always have. I was amazed by your spirit the first time I saw you, and since then you have become... He took a deep breath. Be safe. And if ever you want to give up this life... Never. She laughed. Not ever. You raised me too well. It's not about comfort or wanting. It's about what's right. She gave him a grin. And I'm good at this. I'm the best. His face was troubled. I know you are, but I'm not going to retire to the country and paint or whatever. Sit at a desk, push paper. Like your father? His voice was tart. You know what I mean. She kissed his cheek, grabbed her sweatshirt back up and headed for the door. I'm going to do this. I won't fail you. Of course. And listen to me about Apollo, all right? She threw a glance over her shoulder. I don't like that man. He's shady. Tara, I got his referral from Julian. The man knows his stuff. Tara wrinkled her nose, and he sighed. I'll do a check again. Myself. Will that do? Yes. She gave him an impish smile. And I will see you in three days. Apollo stared at the details on his screen. Lazedi Diaho? Yes. On the other screen, Julian gave a cold smile. It needs to be done at once. She's a complication we don't need. She's already put a hitch in the mission. And so you need me to clean it up. Apollo gave a satisfied smile. Julian had never made a secret of the fact that he disliked Apollo. Probably, in Apollo's opinion. Because while Julian sat in his office all day, pale and soft and useless, 
Apollo was out actually accomplishing things. He was the one with the golden armor, the golden gun. He was the one whose name was spoken of in the dive bars in New Arizona and Osiris and Hades. Yes, Julian bit off the word, and I need it done quickly, and I need it done without any further communication. Do you understand? Yes, I'll tell you when it's done, if that communication is allowed. Julian ended the call without another word, and Apollo laughed. Julian might hate him, but he needed a man like Apollo. They always did, the men in suits. They always needed someone who could get things done. And it didn't get old, either, pulling one over on Alliance Intelligence. They thought they were so damned smart that it blinded them. They couldn't see the wolf in their midst. They'd pay for that, someday. And if he was lucky, Apollo would get to take a few out himself. Hey, Morel. Liam jerked awake. A door was ajar at the far end of the room, spilling light into the sleeping quarters. Victoria stood by his bed, looking down at him. You wanna... <sighs> he pushed himself up. Spar? He gave a huge yawn and pressed the heels of his palms against his eyes. Give me a minute. No, I'm... She sighed and crouched down. I'm going. I got recruited to Team 17. You did! His face split in a grin and he reached out for a handshake. She didn't smile back. Morel, you could be going too. His grin faded and he sat back. That's not... It's kind of you to say, but... Team 11 is still in port. Wraith says she hasn't found anyone, I asked my commander. They'd have you if you changed your mind. I won't change my mind. Liam... She hadn't ever used his first name before. She took a deep, slow breath. Think seriously about this. I am. I want to serve with Talon. She leaned forward to whisper fiercely. If you believed in the mission of the dragons, wouldn't you serve with anyone? Wouldn't you? Do you think it's worth the world losing a soldier like you just because you can't serve with your favorite commander? Why are you even here? Victoria... But she was gone, casting one last angry glance over her shoulder. In the darkness, Liam bent his head into his hands and tried to ignore the shame her words had sparked. Because she was right. He'd come here to do good in the world. And what was he doing, instead? Stamping his foot and throwing a temper tantrum. Making nothing of himself. First thing in the morning, he would go find Wraith. I said I wouldn't leave you hanging for too long with Liam, didn't I? Oh, I didn't? Well, I'm cruel, but I'm not that cruel. Liam passed several early tests to get into the dragon's selection. He passed a crucial test when it came to his fight with Nyx, and he's about to pass another one now. He's in this for the right reasons, and he's going to make good on that. It is helpful to remember at this juncture that he's 17, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most of us listening here were a bit cringy at 17, or more than a bit cringy at 17. So, Liam's impulsive, but he's doing well. In any event, he'll be heading to Team 11, and that's not the last of his story. As for the rest of the chapter, we get another look into the bizarre family unit that is Alexander and Tara. Families come in all shapes and sizes, of course, but usually not the head of a major intelligence agency and his adopted, assassin-trained, legally non-existent daughter. 
We see his drive for what he considers the greater good, which we already know doesn't match Talon's. And we see the way he and Tara push each other. His parenting has driven her to be good at what she does. Beyond good. And that's going to come back around when it comes to the Warlord of Ymir. And we know there's a price on Lizadie's head now, while getting more of a look at Julian. Very interesting indeed. Next week, we see more of Satomi. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.